Well, it is good to be back. Uh, my body's still not quite back, and I am throwing a disclaimer out before this sermon. You know, I know my old age, I'm usually good for one or two silly things each sermon, but I did not sleep even one minute last night. So, uh, you never know what the Spirit has in store today. I was especially excited to be over in Russia and get a text message about uh, two new disciples in the teen ministry. Paul Hahn and Amanda Chamberlain were baptized last Sunday. Where are they? There's Amanda. Where's Paul? Oh, yeah, right there. All right. That was awesome. That's good news to get, like, at 2 in the morning over in Russia. Congratulations. Well, everyone there uh, sends greetings. Uh, they are still talking about the midweek they had with the church here in Santa Clarita a year ago, last September. Hard to believe it's been a year. Uh, when they shared and then we sang together in English and Russian and we prayed together and had just an incredible time of fellowship uh, without exception, every single one of them was like, we love the church in Santa Clarita. I can promise you, they're the only people in Russia that, if you say Santa Clarita, know where that is. But they love you dearly, and I, I bring you greetings back uh, from Santa Clarita. Uh, it was an amazing, amazing journey. It's good for my heart every time I go over to Russia it was especially exciting to have Mike and Robin buy tickets and join us uh, on this trip. Uh, the first time I went over there, I said, Mike, you've got to come over at some point. And, and uh, four years later, he and Robin made the, the journey. And so uh, that was awesome. Um, but it was just an incredible time. And, and the sermon today is the impact that the trip had on my heart. And so the sermons are chosen kind of around... That, But I want to start over in 1 John chapter 4. First John chapter 4, starting in verse 7. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. When we love one another, the love of God shines through us. The love of God is made complete. The gospel is never meant to be a dead end. The love of the gospel, the good news of the gospel, is always meant to be uh, passed on to a new life, to a new heart, to change another soul for an eternity. And the Bible says... That when we love, God lives in us, and His love is made complete. You know, if you've ever had something only half finished, you know, it's just not as useful when you have the entire project completed. 
Well, it'd be kind of a bummer if we lived our Christian life with half of the love of God in our life. And every day we go, yep, I got half of the love of God. And God says, I want you to have it all. But you need to love one another to be able to experience the full love of God in your life. And one of the things that uh, going over to Russia does is it impacts my heart every time. Because they're, they're always so grateful uh, for the love, uh, for the encouragement, for the support financially, emotionally. They, you know, time and time again, they said the thing that means most is that there's people in California that actually care about us. They said, you have no idea how important that is to us. And I, I always tell them, you impact me more than I impact you every time I come over and see you face to face. And I think it's experiencing this full love of God. Is that when we extend ourselves, when we love one another, there's a whole different experience as a Christian that is lived out in your life. And that's the life that God has called us to. Point number one, God wants us to care beyond ourselves. You know, the Bible never commands us to love ourselves. It just knows that we will. It knows that we care about how we look. What our fitness level is, what our clothes are like, what our makeup is like, what our hair is like. It knows that we're going to feed ourselves good food. You know, when you get over to Russia, you know, it's, it's just a different experience. And, and this place that we uh, stayed at for four days and three nights was kind of like a big farmhouse in a forest. And when you, when you sat down to eat, there was a dining hall. There's no menu. It was just, here's what you're going to eat. And I remember one dinner, they, they had cooked these homemade rolls. And the rolls were pretty good, but there wasn't any butter on the table. And so, you know, being from Iowa, you know, I'm not talking about deep fried butter this time, but I do like butter. So I went to the lady that ran the place and, you know, in my imperfect Russian, I said, Yahachu masla spasiba, which means... I want butter, please. And she looked at me like I had three or four eyes. So I repeated it slower. Yahachu masla. Spasiba. She looked at me, so I got one of the Russian brothers over. And I said, I'm trying to ask for butter. So, you know, da 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 And she leaves and comes back with this little plate and two little dinky hunks of butter. And he goes... Butter's only for breakfast. <laughs> they churn their own butter, you know, there at the place. And so, you know, that was a special request, so I learned, you know. I thought maybe put a little butter in your pocket at breakfast to save it for dinner time. <laughs> God wants us to care beyond ourselves. Now, if you think about it, if all you do is look after yourself, that's not very impacting. I did not grow up in Ottumwa, Iowa, thinking I'm going to be able to impact people in Canada, California, and Russia. 
In fact, if, if I were to pick three places least likely to go to growing up in a small town in Iowa, it would probably be Canada, California, and Russia. And yet, through the love of Christ, I'm able to help people all over the world. And I want you to think about your life and, and the lives that you've helped change because you decided to love beyond yourself. And I think about a passage that I, I had one of my, my quiet time devotionals on in the morning uh, over in Philippians chapter 1. And uh, Paul talking to church in Philippi says, starting in verse 3, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I will always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. For whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. It was such a heart-bonding time being together. And like Mike shared, when, when we said our final goodbyes at, at the last night, there was not a dry eye. Everybody was hugging and sharing and crying. And it was just such a great time because hearts were knit together. If you only care about yourself, your heart can only love very little. But when you go beyond yourself, your heart expands and can love more and more. Say, what is the capacity of love in your heart this morning? You know, if we're wounded, if we're hurt, we don't want to risk. But by not risking, we limit the love in our life. You know, I just don't know too many people that go, the goal of my life is to love a very small amount. Everybody wants to love a lot. We want to have close friends. But we've got to go beyond ourselves. The world will tell us, look out for number one. You've got to take care of yourself because no one else will. If you live by the pattern of the world, you will be lonely and empty and full of nothing but shallow relationships. Say, who outside of your own life could you read Philippians 1 and feel that way about? Who do you feel bonded that closely with? That when you say, you know, it's right for me to feel this way about you because I have you in my heart. Is somebody an acquaintance? 
Or is this passage lived out in your life? God wants us to care beyond ourselves. It requires love and it requires sacrifice. But when we go there, then the love of God fills us up to the max. And the second thing I learned about my heart, uh, about the impact of the trip, is that in Russia I push myself to the limit in many ways. Um, it is absolutely exhausting to fly to a place halfway around the world. It's 11 hours ahead. You know, right now it's 10.30 at night. So your body's confused the entire time you're there. Uh, you get to sleep at 3.30. First counseling appointment, 10 a.m. breakfast. And you go nonstop. Preach a couple times, more counseling appointments, get on the train at midnight, get there at 6.30, go nonstop. Preach a couple more sermons, another counseling appointment, then travel. And then three full days of preaching lessons and counseling appointments. And you're just exhausted. It's, it's hard to preach over there because everything's translated, but it's not like in sign language where they translate at the same time. You have to just break everything you're saying into sentences, which you get, as a preacher, you get no momentum going. And, and we would joke with each other with some of the things that were said because there was one point where I broke my sentence into two thoughts and the first part said, you know, sometimes your eyes say yes and God says no. And then you stop right there. And Robin and Mike and Cheryl are looking at me like, that didn't make sense in English. You know, and then, then the interpreter goes and then you go, because there's times where the world says, here's what you need to do and you want to do it. And God says, no, that's not the path I want. And then they go, oh, now it makes sense. But, you know, you, you're working hard with communication. You're trying to be attentive because you're jet lagged out of your mind. But hearts are impacted because you push yourself. Then when's the last time you pushed yourself to sheer exhaustion where it wasn't for your benefit? Oh, we'll work hard for the almighty dollar. That doesn't count. We might even work hard in a relationship where we're getting something in return. But I'm not talking about that either. I'm talking about where you were laying your life down and you got nothing in return but the satisfaction of knowing you were pouring out your life for somebody else. When was it? How long did it last? How did it feel? You know, one of the things that uh, I saw is every day you think, I'm not going to be able to make it through the end of the day. I can't function. My eyes are rolling to the back of my head. I'm going to say something absolutely stupid and idiotic. And somehow, every day, God would give us all the strength to make it through and meet needs. And on a handful of hours of sleep, you get up and do it all over again the next day. God will always give you the strength needed to do His work. But when's the last time you pushed yourself to the limit? 
You know, when I get near that limit line, I get grumpy. You know, that's that's just one one of the things in my sinful nature. Is I get short, I get irritable, and it's, you know, it's like, I'm tired. I have a reason to feel grumpy. You know, grumpiness just doesn't translate well. What are you supposed to say? And, and you're trying to get your point across, and then the interpreter can't quite get it right. You know, sometimes you're preaching the sermon... And you say this sentence that you think is totally clear, and then the interpreter translates it, and then all of a sudden this discussion just breaks out in the church. Because many people know English. And so three or four people are talking back and forth in Russian, kind of discussing what the accurate translation of what I just said was. And then they get done and they nod, and then you continue on. You know, I remember one time, you know, big Sergei, the Greco-Roman wrestler uh, for Russia. You remember him? So I was challenging him on something, and I I was trying to encourage him to finish strong. And I said, Sergei, how long does a wrestling match last in Russia? And the translator translated, and he goes, with my wife? And I was like, no, not a wrestling match with your wife. I'm talking about when you would wrestle. Like Oksana weighs 100 pounds. That's not going to be a wrestling match. You know, and you're sitting there and you're trying to communicate and it takes twice as long or three times as long and you get these funny situations. And you're tired and you're like, I just want you to understand my point. And then, you know, sometimes you get the Russian English dictionary out there and you're like, this word. Ah, da, da, you know. But it it pushes your patience to the limit. But some of the greatest victories of Christianity are lived right at that limit. Will you go there? Comfortable Christians will never approach that limit. I was kind of funny on the trip home because, you know, it was just a week of pouring yourself out. Uh, We leave at 2 in the morning to drive an hour to get to the airport. Our flight uh, is leaving out of the Nizhny Novgorod airport at 4.55. We get on the plane at 4.30 in the morning. It's still dark. And fog rolls in. We sit on the plane on the tarmac for three hours. We had a three and a half hour layover in Frankfurt. So it's, you know, Frankfurt's a pretty big airport. It would not have been possible to be at two farther gates than where we landed and where we had to go. And they have, you know, really strict security. So then even though you're in the secure area to change terminals, you got to go through security again. And we are sprinting. And we get down to the gate just in time to, you know, to see the plane leave. Missed it by five minutes. It's amazing how irritated I felt at that moment. <laughs> Sweat pouring down my face. I just totally had this attitude like, ah, oh, gosh. And Mike jokingly goes, if this is the mission field, then ah, forget this. You know? And it's like, here we've been like 
just zombies for a week, and now we're fogged in and have to wait four hours at Frankfurt to catch our next plane. And it's like, ah, I had like the lousiest attitude. I didn't have a bad attitude like that the whole week. And now on the trip home, like how quickly it ends. You ever had one of those days? Like church service is awesome, and on the way home you get in a fight with your spouse? By the way, Mike, that'll probably never happen to you and Katerina. But I wanted to just tell you, I, I forgive you for calling uh, me Mike's wife. Um, I cut you slack because I figure ever since Monday, about every other word that comes into your mind is wife, 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 wife. So I, I thought, you know, that was my reasoning through it. So I forgive you. Okay, I'm way lost. Okay. Yeah, overcoming grumpiness. That's where I was at. Jet lag was starting to go. The jet of my brain was taking off. It landed. I'm back. Okay. Luke chapter 9. Let's get back to the Bible. I know what it says. Okay. Verse 23, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Isn't that a great passage, theoretically? I mean, we all believe it in theory, right? Wow, that's a tough one to live out. You know, somehow, when, when I'm over in Russia, it's easier to put it in perspective and go, oh yeah, you know, I'm in Russia, it's going to be tough. But do I have the same grittiness here in Santa Clarita? Do I stay up as late, get up as early to exhaustion, have the same level of patience? You know, we don't want our Christian life uh, to be like vanilla ice. One hit wonder. You know, we can all read Luke 9, verse 23 and go, Oh, yes, I have denied myself. 2006, I remember it well. It was in November. Some sisters called. They needed help moving. And they told me all their stuff would fit in the trunk of one car. Their shoes wouldn't fit in the trunk of one car. Now, that's not what Christianity is supposed to be. We're not supposed to find the isolated case of self-denial and then take a picture of it and put it on the wall. And every time we Luke 9, we think of that one photo. It is a regular course of life. It is the minimum expectation of followers of Christ. And one of the greatest things happen when you push yourself to the limit. Victories that you would never know are achieved. Lives are changed that wouldn't be changed otherwise. It takes sacrifice. It takes hardship. There is no easy pain-free way to deny yourself. It will hurt every time. And it's the only way we're going to win the world to Christ. 
Say, hey, what's the goal of your life? You know, there's a theoretical goal as a Christian, and then there's the one we actually live by. The Bible says we need to win the world to Christ. Is that your goal? Do you live like that's your goal? Is that the passion of your heart? Does it show in your neighborhood, in your classes, in high school, college, your family? If we will push ourselves to the limit, victories can be won. Because Christianity stands out in great contrast to the society we live in. I'll say what, it really stands out over in Russia. Christians are the only ones that just smile. I mean, whether you're talking about a waiter or the immigration official, it's kind of scary because at least, you know, in California we may be fake about it, but we smile. Hey, how are you? Over there, they just don't. Christians stand out. Are you willing to push yourself to the limit to win the world to Christ? Finally, point number three is we bond with coworkers in the trenches. Over in Ephesians chapter 3, Uh, uh, verse 14. He says, For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And then he goes on in chapter 4, and it says in verse 11, it was he who gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. It says, uh, well, we'll continue. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is in the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Paul says the church has a role, and within the church... 
Every one of us has a job to do, a God-given job. We're all ligaments. We're all building one another up so we can reach fullness of Christ. The goal of the church is to bring the full measure of Christ to every single person. What that means is the gospel is never meant to be lived out in isolation. There's no Lone Ranger Christians. Church is not a separate function of Christianity. (coughs) Church is Christianity. You'll hear people all the time say, you know, me and God are tight, but I don't want to have anything to do with church. That's an unbiblical concept. New Testament Christianity is lived out. In the church context, Jesus is the head. The body is the church. And we all have a job to do. One of the most bonding things you can do is be in the trenches together. If you or one of your friends was ever in armed combat, you know the bonding that occurs through putting your life on the line. Never been in armed combat. But I know a number of men who were. And I know even into their 70s and 80s, they stayed best friends. Because there's nothing like the bond of being in the trenches together when you're on the same side and your life is on the line. The spiritual warfare is the same way. And, of course, I feel very bonded to Mike. We shared uh, a womb together. And most of our 44 years together. But being able to go and, and live out a week in Russia together was another level of bonding. And, and when you're laying your life on the line to, to meet needs and impact hearts, you feel closer to somebody. And I think about, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy, being able to study Bible with Jimmy. You know, I got closer to Jimmy through that. But you know what? I also got closer to Caesar and LB and Lewis and Alex. And when Kevin Bloomfield studied the Bible, I got closer to Kevin through that. But I got closer uh, to Scott and Armando and Kyle, too. Yeah, when you study the Bible with somebody, when you're sharing your faith with somebody, you're in the trenches together. There's that unity of purpose where we're like, I'm on the same side as you, and and we're doing battle together. Say, what comrades do you have in, in spiritual battle? Existing in the church is not the same thing as being comrades, being in the trenches. You can be in the army and never be in armed conflict. Yeah, I I feel more bonded to the Russians through that time. Um, That is awesome. You know, being over there talking through the different challenges that they face in their churches in the cities... I mean, you might as well be in Santa Clarita. It's the same challenges we face here. 
stuff like society being really opposed to judgment. You know, don't impose the Bible standard on my life. Who are you to judge me? Same issue over there. For the first time, unless you're mafia or corrupt government official, you have the opportunity to become wealthy by working hard. They never had that opportunity before. It didn't matter how hard you worked. A surgeon made the same as somebody who dug ditches. That's just the way it was. You could work longer, but it didn't change your pay. Now, for the first time, they they can work harder and make more money. And they said one of the greatest challenges is trying to get husbands home to spend time with their wife and their kids and not come home at 9.30 or 10 o'clock every night. Yeah, they're encouraged to know, wow, we're, you know, we're, we're struggling with the same stuff. Materialism, greed, it's just as prevalent here as it is over there. Say two completely different countries. You know, you bond as, as a minister when you're talking with another minister and you go, we got the same challenges. Say, who, who you bonded with? Who are you in the trenches with? You know, I'm so grateful uh, just to be able to go over and, and have that trip, uh, to be able to spend that time encouraging and meeting needs. But like I said, my, my heart, I think, was changed more by being able to go. You know, we don't have to go to Russia to have a life-changing week. We can do it right here in Santa Clarita. You know, the Russians could come over and have a life-changing week here. It can happen right here in your home, in your neighborhood. If you're willing to make it happen, what's it going to take? We've got to be willing to care beyond ourselves. The world says just look out for yourself. Now, that's a boring life. And the impact won't go very far. When you love outside yourself, that's when the full extent of the love of Christ comes in. You've got to push yourself to the limit. It's hard work to be a committed Christian. It's not easy and it's not convenient. It requires self-denial. But the greatest victories are lived at the limits of self-denial. And finally... Bond with the co-workers in the trenches. The church has a job to do. Because every part does its work. We build the church up and form Christ. No lone ranger Christians. We have comrades. They're right here in this room. Let's get in the trenches together and change lives and experience that lifelong bond. It's great to be back with you. I feel like my heart's changed, and I hope what I've shared today will inspire you to have a life-changing week here in Santa Clarita. I love you. Let's stand on up and close with the final song.
Amen. Let's go ahead and stand. We're going to close with song number 458. Uh, just a reminder, uh, sign up for 